Hi, and welcome to the 40 and Infertile podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, at 40 and Infertile on Instagram. I'm a fellow IVF patient, and this is where I share with you my fertility journey in my late 30s and 40s, while also providing you information to minimize your fertility struggles later in life. Hey guys, this is episode 24, and today we have Dr. Stephanie Fine, um, who is an internist, turn weight loss specialist working exclusively with fertility patients. We're talking about weight gain and IVF. Um, If you don't remember, if you don't know, she was actually one of my first experts on the show back in episode five, where we talked about weight loss and optimizing fertility. One of the reasons um, I wanted to talk about this topic was totally selfish <laughs> because I've been struggling with my weight. I've gained about 15 to 20 pounds over my last three cycles, and I just cannot shake this weight. Everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm trying is just not working. And I shared this on Instagram, and a lot of you shared the same sentiment. You were struggling with your weight and felt like, You'd gain weight also. Like I feel like when I look in the mirror, I don't look like myself. My clothes don't fit right. I just, um, I don't like it and I want to fix it and I'm really struggling in fixing it. Um, So I think what makes it hard also um, is that we come into this space with some battle with weight for whatever reason. I think a lot of us can probably say that we've had some weight thing, not all of us, but I feel like a lot of us can say we've had some weight thing. And I blame this um, on our society's unrealistic standards for women, particularly in the mid to late 90s, I'm going to say, and maybe early 2000s. Um, I feel like that time frame probably pushed us all to be really weight focused. Um but I digress. I could spend a whole podcast, a whole episode <laughs> talking just about this in general, but we won't. Um, so we come into the space with like stuff, a bunch of stuff, stuff from childhood, stuff for fertility, stuff about weight in general. And um, we kind of already hate ourselves because of fertility. You know, we're already struggling and we're blaming ourselves and hating our bodies because we feel like they're failing us. Um, so I don't think we're always in the right headspace to lose weight either. Um, so today we talk about all of these things and the top three things that has helped Stephanie achieve success with her clients. Um, we talk about hormones and the expected weight gain with IVF. Um, in theory, these concepts are super easy to understand, but the application of these concepts and the emotional things we tie to this whole process, like, IVF and weight loss or maintenance seem to just complicate this whole thing. And I mean, the concept itself seems pretty easy, right? You eat too much, you gain weight. You eat less, you lose weight. But it is feels like it's just so much more complicated than that because even when I try to decrease my calories, it sometimes doesn't seem to work or emotionally or I'm tired or I'm just cranky and then I just give up, you know? Um, so Stephanie, I kind of dive into that today and talk about all the things that kind of get wrapped up in this weight loss stuff along with IVF. So if you guys have um, never reached out to Stephanie, you really should. She is so, so amazing to talk to and so positive. I'm just like some nobody on the internet and she will reach out to me randomly and just ask how I'm doing, 
just from time to time, she'll just reach out to me, ask me how I'm doing, and um, she'll cheer me on, and she'll just be like, I think things are really going great. It, you know, I love your last episode or something like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who does that? Like, that is so nice for her to do. And I just am so grateful for her. And she's so open to questions, um, which is really great. And she also has this really lovely uh, YouTube page with a bunch of different videos on different tips and things like that. So if um, you have not seen it, check it out. I'll link it in the show notes for you. Um, but you know, today we do a deep dive and we talk about all these things that kind of come up and we answer your questions about weight gain and IVF and how we can lose weight, um, while still going through our cycles. Um, so, uh, if you have any questions, let us know, um, reach out to Stephanie. She's really amazing. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do remember, I would love a five-star review, written review, um, so we can get this into more people's ears so we can talk about more of this stuff and help more people who are struggling with their fertility. Okay, let's get to it. Just a quick reminder, I am not a physician and the information provided today is for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. So, Make sure that you consult with your own fertility doctor before choosing any medical therapies that may affect your fertility. Unfortunately, every person's situation is unique and it is vital that you discuss your own personal situation with your fertility doctor to decide what is the best course of action for you. Here we are with another episode and today we have Dr. Stephanie Fine. I am so glad to have you back, Stephanie. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back. Ah, I love it. Can't wait for our conversation. So fun. <laughs> Yes. So today we're going to be talking about um, weight gain and kind of the IVS, uh, IVF and transfer uh, protocols and maybe how they affect us. So I, I started posting recently, well, maybe not that recently, within the last year, I'd been kind of talking about my struggle with gaining weight and feeling like my body's been changing with, mm. you know, these cycles. And I thought maybe let's tackle it because I don't know that we're talking a lot about this. I mean, we talk about, you know, our protocols. We talk about failures with our protocols. And I hate using that word failures. Maybe I know like, I was thinking that too. I, yeah. I hear it and I'm like. Uh, yeah. Better word. So I'm just going to call them unfavorable outcomes or maybe undesirable <laughs> outcomes, something like that. But it's not failure yes. because I hate saying like, oh, I failed. But after I'm these cycles, when we do repeated cycles and we feel like we have this weight gain, I, I mean, there's stuff out there that talks about like weight gain within, you know, say a single cycle. But for those of us who repeat multiple cycles within a short-ish period of time might find that the weight kind of just packs on and then we're like what do we do now so I kind of wanted to cover that with you today and yes. of course you're my favorite person to talk to about that <laughs> so fun I well and I love talking about this all day long that's what I do <laughs> so for people who didn't catch your last episode with me will you give us a quick rundown on how you kind of came into the fertility space and working with women trying to conceive yes. and their weight Yes. So I'm trained internist and what I love, realized what I love to do is to um, help people lose weight, uh, partly because I needed to do that. <laughs> I've lost 50 mm -hmm. pounds and kept it off myself, but also because I love to spend the time with people. And what I know to be true is that 
weight loss is can be like a window into understanding ourselves so much better. Like it, mm-hmm. it really is. And so taking that time, it's a beautiful connection of, of health and also um, sort of psychology and mm-hmm. really spirituality, frankly. But anyway, so mm-hmm. so I'm so I really love that. And then um, I had my son. He came at 24 weeks. And so rough mm-hmm. starts to motherhood is something I'm very um, aware of and mm-hmm. the stress of all that and and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And I, I started working with REIs and people and it's and people mm-hmm. postpartum and it's just the perfect um, place for me to help people because it's shown about this like that losing weight can increase success rates. So otherwise you know when i was working with people who like going through menopause or whatever it's you know it, it's something they want people to lose weight but this is actually something that can make a real difference and um the other thing too is this idea of if i can help someone get a better relationship with food in this hard time um their who they are as a mother is different too and so they pass on that to their to their family, their children, their everyone, and it's just such a it's such, a, it, and this is true. I was thinking about this with just fertility in general. the The mother who had to go through fertility things is such a different human being the mother than she would have been before. All the the, the strength that had to be found and the resilience and all that unbelievable stuff. I mean, not that I wish any, you know, I wish we all have easy everything, but you really um, have had to find things that are different, that make motherhood even, um, you're you're just a, I frankly, I think better mother. I don't know if I'm Mm -hmm. allowed to say that. I'm like, no, (laughs) but I really do. I actually think that you're a better mother that like, Mm -hmm. than like having to had to deal with things that are challenging Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and coming out the other side really makes you have uh, more depth. I just because we had to, we had to find it is what I think. So anyway, and, and weight loss actually can be part of that like it's hard to lose weight it is hard to deal with our culture and weight and so it and so having to go through that and find ways to manage it, it can also lead you to um think differently and in a way that that is better i think yeah well i know like for me i over the last I don't know, uh, probably the last year. My first cycle was in 2018. I didn't really gain much weight from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't start my second cycle until well into 2021, 20, 20 uh, what, what year are we in? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's all a blur. <laughs> it's all a blur. 2020, 2021. I don't know. Right. <laughs> One of those months. Um, and um, then I did like three cycles in semi-succession, like, probably three to four months apart um so i think my first cycle well, it must have been last year like maybe may ish of last year 2021 and i did another one in like august maybe and then i just did another one in march of this year so i did those three cycles i noticed after the first two cycles that were fairly close together i gained about 15 to 20 pounds and i was like this is unusual because I was still exercising at the time. Like at the time I'd gotten a Peloton bike and I was like, okay, I'm going to ride it every night. And I was pretty good about getting 
on it, uh, my diet stayed about the same. I made it through the pandi- pandemic without gaining much weight. So it, like, amazing. not yeah. much had changed, I felt like. And maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe my eating habits had changed a little bit. But um, nothing had changed. And I was like, is it this? Is it the cycles that I did, like two fairly close together that caused the weight gain? So I emailed Dr. Amy. I was like, is this the case? And then she's like, you know, I think it might be. And then I started Googling because that's what we do. We're like, hmm, we need to find more information. Google's the answer. (laughs) So I started Googling. And then what I found was like, oh, you can gain five to 10 pounds, but it should come off fairly easily. I'm like, what is wrong with me? So then it started making me question, like, Mm -hmm. what is wrong with me? Because we're already doing this anyway during our fertility journey. We're already like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? So I'm like, cool. Another reason for me to go, oh, why can't I do this? What's wrong with my body? Why does it hate me? And Mm -hmm. so I thought, you know what? Like, maybe we just really need to address the physiology and the science behind why this is happening. So can this happen? Can these hormones, these, you know, some of us high doses, some of us low doses, but can these hormones um, for these like retrieval cycles cause us to gain weight? Yes. So that's an excellent question. So I was th- I was thinking about this, knowing that we were going to talk. And of course, <laughs> what I realized is that I have ex- a lot of experience with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, my patients are going through. So then I was like, oh, let me go back and see about, you know, what's their weight gain. And mm-hmm. and what the most I've had in while I'm working with someone is five pounds that did come off. Mm-hmm. relatively easily now mm-hmm. what what the usual is again this is while I'm working with someone is two pounds and and that also then comes off mm-hmm. and here's what I want to say the way that I which I'm going to talk to you about the way that yeah. I set it up is the the way that would allow for this to happen mm-hmm. a- a- and period. I'll stop there. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I want to tell you is the reason for weight gain are many, mm-hmm. mostly water, right? So the ones when they say the five, the five pounds is because yeah. the hormones come on, you're retaining water. There's lots of different reasons for that, including shifts in um, electrolytes, but also in fluid, like um, holding water in your vessels, like literally having more water there. Like mm-hmm. there's there's lots of reasons why the water comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally fluid around your ovaries. Like there's reasons yes. for water. Um, and every body is a little different in the in the way. So some with mm-hmm. with different hormones, they'll they'll um, hold water differently. But there's also the hormone p- way of do you get cravings? Are you hungrier? Is there, mm-hmm. So there's actual hormonal reasons why you might eat differently. So number one, we have the water, but number two, we have, there could be different calories. Okay. So that's just the Mm -hmm. hormones. Mm -hmm. Then, and this is the biggest part. There is the emotional part of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. This is not like, I I don't know, getting a mole removed or do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is really a very emotional thing as you described. Like it's, you know, feeling like it's my fault. Like there's something wrong. Like all that stuff is really hard stuff. And so there's there can be stress eating. There can be, you know, stuff about um, worrying about worrying. You know, so there's just worrying. And then there's also 
you know, unfair, like sadness, hope, expectations, like there's there's all that stuff. And a lot in our in our society, we often will medicate our feelings and food is a, is like the, a major one that we do that with. So often that's it. The piece that you were talking about, um, which, which is maybe my food changed, but it doesn't seem like it. I would bet that it did. Like I would bet that that it did, but you would never know, because we have to fi- we have to figure out a way to know, and that is how we would be able to manage our weight um, going through this all. Is we'd have to have hard 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 information, hard data. Meaning that it would be that we should start tracking our food, or yes. That's exactly what it means. Yep. Like, so, yeah, when I went into this, like, I always loved tracking. I just think tracking the and there's there's a lot of studies about this, about cognitive behavioral therapy with weight loss. And this idea that if you track your food, at least you're aware of it. Right. You literally they've again, they've done studies to show that people will, you know, like eat some M&Ms, literally forget it, like have like genuinely have no memory of of eating the M&Ms. You know what I mean? Because it's just something you do in your day, whatever. If you start paying attention to what you're eating and you just write it down, not only do you have the data at that point, but you also think, oh, I'm not going to, oh, I just had some M&Ms. I'm not going to have another round. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't actually need that or I wasn't really hungry or whatever. So just writing it down has that effect. Now, the... I always love tracking, like I said, just because of the the data that supports it. But for IVF and and especially with given hormones, it's to me it's vital. Like you like you literally are floating in in a cloud unless you know, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're what you're eating. You can't and and if you if we know what you're eating and we know it's the same as it's always been, then we know it's not fat gain. And then we know that the couple of pounds that you're having is water and we can watch it go down. So that piece of it now, that's that's not addressing your multiple. So we will we can get to that, too. But that's why, like when I'm working with people, that's one of the main reasons why we get like we could see two pounds now. Two pounds is a bummer when I'm working with someone. I mean, not for me, but for my my client, because we just worked hard to lose two. Right. So like, right, seeing right. The, the scale go up is a bummer. But um, in the big picture, you know, it comes down and we know the situation. If you're not, if you are keeping track of your weight and you noticed pounds going up, it's devastating. Like if you're not aware of what's going on, you're not, wor- you're not like working towards something and, and, and um, have, I mean, you're, you know, you're doing all the IVF stuff. So there's tons of stuff you're working towards. But if you're not, weren't. Uh, cluing in or only think like thinking very much about your weight if you start to see that it's just such a bummer that we add that to the bummer list you know what I mean of things to worry about and now we're worrying about that so it's just it's just a like one thing compiled on top of the other that can make it really difficult unless we um, think about it as data now I know I've just like talked but there's one really important piece keeping track can be a place for many people where they use it to beat themselves up, to be mean to themselves about it. Like, ugh, look at what I've done. Look what that we have to not do. This is literally about data collection. 
what what did I have? Not am I going to be mean to myself about it? Am I going to, you know, uh, is that a problem? But just what is it so that we can understand what's going on? So that becomes like a very big piece of it. I, I don't want anyone to beat themselves up for any reason and certainly not for any food choices they're making. So then um, would you then do like at the beginning of your cycle? Because you know how we all get calendars for our medications and things like that. Do we just make a column for every because your stimulations are only like 10 ish days, right? Like a week and a half. So then do you just every day like when you mark off your medication? I don't know what people do. So when I get my calendar, I have my, my medication that's supposed to do that day. Yeah. And because I'm neurotic, like most of us are, every time I do my injection, I do a little check mark and I have like Brilliant. a little box yeah. for, you know. So then do you just create like another column for your like your weight and you just like chart your weight and then just. Yes. You watch can't. It, so or? I love that. I love what you're doing. So I actually wrote down in my notes to talk to you about this, like scale or no scale. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the idea there is a couple things. And, and this is actually so then this is the big picture. When I. Before I was doing IVF, I would we'd, I talked to people about going on vacations. Okay, and on vacation, there are three ways you can deal with your weight on vacation. One, you could continue losing. Two, you could st- try to maintain. Or three, you could gain and then deal with it when you get back. I only care that you made a conscious decision about which one you would do. So anyone is fine. There's no judgment on either all three of those. But just decide. That's similar flavor to what I would say with the cycles. So so what you're saying is a, is a good point. So if you decide I'm going to watch my weight and then just watch it come down, you know, I'm going to watch what I'm doing and then watch the scale. And then if that's going to freak you out even more, you know what I mean? If that's going to be annoying and, and difficult, then I say don't. Like then I say get on before, don't get on. <laughs> And then get on after and decide. That would be the equivalent of gaining weight on vacation and dealing with it when you get back. If, however, you're, um, depending on your constitution, like (laughs) you could watch the weight go up or really if you have support. Right. So like this would be one of those places where you like you have someone you're dealing with and they know what's going on. And so you could have and you could buddy up like you could do that. Um, Then, yes, you're what you're saying is is really smart. You could either get on once a week or you could get on every day. And what you know is going to happen is the scale is going to move. And then but then you're aware of it and then you're just watching what it does, because also in multiple cycles, you could get a pattern. You could start to see what happens and then. But the main thing, so so that's the two, scale or not scale. The part that you were talking about, about back, back to back, that's really interesting in that I would highly recommend tracking food because that's when you start to see like, oh, I did, you know, I, I, I was feeling stressed. It was a really hard day. I started having this and then I started going and getting it every day after work or, you know what I mean? Like, like where something, and it really is sneaky. It's, it's. People aren't doing things on purpose. It really is just like I needed a way to cope, and and this is how it was. I and the the story that comes to me always about that is um, my parents have passed away, and my my it was between it was two years. My mother passed away, and then my father passed away two years later. During that time, I I'd say a good fifteen pounds. A good a good for two years, and I was totally fine with that. 
I'm like, I will take the 15 pounds because that cookie really was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, it was just like, I, there's a lot going on here and I can calm down in this way and I'm, I realize what I'm doing and I'm okay with that. And then, and then after I was done grieving with my father, it, it came off, but that was years. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of have, of carrying 15 extra pounds, you know, mm-hmm. so the equivalent would be that sort of thing. You can decide this is a, the IVF alone is a challenging every bit I have. Mm-hmm. So if if there's if I'm carrying 15 extra pounds, then I'm that's going to be fine with me mm-hmm. or not. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. decide mm-hmm. and then you could do something mm-hmm. about it. But it really mm-hmm. is fine to have 15 extra pounds that you're going to do something about when you mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. And Unless is there it isn't. Is there like a mechanism behind why it feels like it's so hard to shake? Because I feel like in the past, like when I've had weight to lose, I make some adjustments and I'm like, okay, I'm doing okay, you know? And yeah. is it, is there some other mechanism at play that might have us hanging on to this a little more? Well, there's a, it's, it's actually interesting. They've recently done a study. It was a very big study. It was actually in nature about metabolism. Mm -hmm. And is there a change in metabolism? And they said no, which Mm -hmm. I find fascinating. So basically over your lifetime, there's not really a change. I think it was like, you were like 65. Like it was some very old age. It was some like not, which didn't make a lot of sense to me because I'm like, really? When you're pregnant even? Okay, whatever. Yeah. But, But the point being is that our metabolism basically stays the same. Here is the change. I do think that age has something to do with it, but in uh, in the way that our culture deals with age. So often as we get older, we're more established in whatever job we're doing. We're yeah. like, we get more comfortable and we're maybe eating out more. It may be, you know what I mean? We're like, like we have behaviors that start to get into like, you know, in your twenties when you're just having one cup of noodles, you know what I mean? Because you yes. can't. Like afford, afford anything, anything else. Else. You, yes. so, I've been there and like yeah and or you just want the drink with your friend at the end of the day you know what I mean yeah like, so so it's really a different thing when you're 20 than when you're 40 I mean it's yeah. just like the, your yeah. your circumstances the other thing too is we start losing muscle um it's right around 30 like no matter what even if you're like do Pilates and whatever we we just over the years, we start to lose Pilates, uh, lose um, muscle. Although I will say, yoga and Pilates do make a huge difference for that piece of it. And um, metabolism is from muscle mass. So, like, let's say from thirty to fifty years old, you can weigh the exact same amount, but at thirty, you would have had more muscle than at fifty. So your body literally is a different shape when you're like and over the 20 years. And so that also sort of catches up, catches us off guard. Like we're like, wait a minute. I remember when I could just like you said, like I could just tweak this and it would fall off and it's not a problem. It, it's we change so subtly over the years that. I that's where the habits are changing, which is what I help people with for weight loss is just changing the habits. So we just have to become aware and then shift. And and that's what's helpful. And so it's also helpful to notice that it took a while, usually. Now, with IVF, this is why it's different, because it wasn't it was all this. It was a, a thing that we created. Right. I mean, so there was shifting of weight happening and then 
you know, all the rest of the stuff that comes with it. So you're right. It's not it's not the tip. It really is. Weight loss for fertility really is different than regular weight loss. Yeah. Well, what about like, so we talked a little bit about the stress. So mm-hmm. the stress weight that comes on and you touched a little bit about how stress might change our behavior in that we might be eating things to comfort ourselves and things like that. Right. But yes. what about like the basis of stress and its stress hormones? Can you kind of talk about how that contributes? And then is, yes. is there does that weight take longer to come off or does it not matter whether it's stress or not stress related, stress hormone related? Oh, great question. That's a really interesting question. Okay. So yes, cortisol. So cortisol will put on middle fat, like belly fat. It literally will change where the fat goes. And there is a, there is a difference in white fat, brown fat. So, um, new and newly gained weight. Which is why, again, if you're on top of it, if you're real, if you're noticing, if you see the change that you're gaining weight and then the water weight comes off and then there's still some left over. If you do something about it right away, that fat comes off faster than than weight you've you've gained over, you know, 10, 20 years. So that's why doing something about it right away can be helpful. But you're right. So cortisol does make it so that. um uh, the shifting. I, I'm just thinking, like, it's not that um, it, ca- it can deposit fat. You know, this stress does it. And you know, like I said, it does it in the middle. But it, it's not so much that it can't be overcome by what how we eat. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yes. But does there. it take longer or is it like the same or is it hard to know? Like, I don't know that there's any research around this. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, of course. And I love the questions. Um, I was saying, like, does it take longer is a great question. And what I'll say mm-hmm. about that is um, I don't know. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I like slow and steady weight loss. Like yeah. to me, it's that's permanent weight loss. The, mm-hmm. the kind where we like, you know, don't eat anything that could, I don't know, anything with taste. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then do that <laughs> yeah. for three weeks and then whatever. Like you could lose weight, but you'll gain it right back. So like tr- permanent weight loss is more of a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. So that's why I, that's why I'm like sort of tripping over this because I'm, I'm like, I don't know because it's that's the way I help people lose weight is like the of actually losing weight. And that's keeping track of it and knowing what is you and what is what's going in and then what is hormones and water and all the rest of that stuff. And then it's managing our brains around when the scale goes up, you know, um, not getting upset with ourselves. Like we talked about this last time, having some grace. It really is a very important time to have grace for ourselves. So the prepping for a, a cycle can include and to me should include a comfort list and so what that means is literally writing down five things i'm not joking five actual things on a sticky things that you can do that bring you some comfort that are not food so that could be and 
What I, what the way I, there's a couple different ones, like ones that are more long term and ones that are more short term. So the, one of the great things about food being a comfort thing is that you could easily get it and shove it in your mouth. Like it happens pretty quickly. So you need something that's quick like that. So like running a bath, smelling a candle, you know, there's like whatever things. Then there's also like doing a puzzle, talking to a friend. You know what I mean? Like um, I really like the one of like wrapping yourself in a blanket. I have found, for me, I have found that warmth really is helpful to me. So there's like concrete, actual things. And the reason you have to write them down is because we forget because our brains remember cookie, but our because we've been doing that for decades, but it doesn't remember wrapping yourself in a blanket. So when we have that list in front of us on your phone, on your, you know what I mean? Then you can, it's something. So it's preparing. You're doing all this other preparing. So the preparing how you know you're going to feel, you know, you're going to have some uncomfortable feelings. It's not a surprise. It's the same thing with being hungry. You know you're going to be hungry in a day. So sort of preparing what you want to eat or what you can eat, or it, it's the same sort of thing. Preparation is always going to be the best. It doesn't mean we do it, um, but, but if, if there is, um, if it's something that's concerning, that is the, be- the ideal way is prepping. And define slow and steady. Like slow and steady weight loss is how much like a week? Yeah, are you looking at? It depends where you, how much you start at. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more weight you have to lose, the faster it'll go. But mm-hmm. that's like anywhere from two to half a pound a week. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the the other question is whether or not you've had some clients who hit like a roadblock, who feel like wh- why am I like a plateau or something where they feel like I can't get over this hump to drop more what do you do what do you do for them because you don't use tools like fentermine or anything like that Correct. right it's all right. just based on uh lifestyle changes and things like that so what That's do you exactly. do for those folks who like hit a roadblock and can't quite bust through that plateau yes yeah, so it depends we have to define that first right so mm. how many weeks at the same weight would a roadblock be right because mm-hmm. i'll tell you yeah. one is not Okay. So yeah. one one week does not a plateau make. Um, and in fact, that's a lot of what I do with people because I have such, I have 20 years, more than 20 years now of experience with helping people lose weight. I have seen it all. I mean, like, you know, take, I had, oh, God bless her. I had one person who stayed at the exact same weight and she was, she was, I was with her. I know what she was doing. Three months at the same weight. Mm-hmm. And then she dropped. I mean, it was really incredible. I mean, she's since gone on. This woman has lost 130 pounds. Like, oh my I mean, gosh! It's, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. But what I mean is, staying the course. I mean, it is so. I will tell you, if you're keeping track of your food, and we've determined at what level you will lose weight, mm-hmm. and we determine that by watching. You ate this much this week. Did you lose weight? You know, mm-hmm. like, like yeah. that, literally that. And so we know around how many calories you lose weight. If you are eating that those many calories, you are losing fat. Now, whether that's hidden by fluids, whether for some reason the scale's not cooperating, I don't know why. There's a million, who knows? I mean, there could be just the heat or, you know, the, I mean, um, but if you're keep doing that, you are owed the weight loss that's how i see it and you and you get paid at some point but it but it not for everybody is it every week like i eat this way and this and this is exactly what happens 
God, I, that would be so amazing if it yeah. could, but it's just, it just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have so many people struggling to lose weight if it was that easy. Right. Well, and that's the thing. So it's like a, it's a patience game, but that, but that you have to have confidence in, but we're, we're told that you should lose 20 pounds in two seconds. And so if it takes three weeks to lose a couple pounds, then you're like, well, clearly this isn't working. That's not true. It's just, it's just not true. It's just a total lie. And so when we know, like, you will see the weight loss if you keep being consistent. You will. You absolutely will. It's just that it can feel so hard that we don't want to, we, we give up. But which, of course, in and of itself, really logically doesn't make sense, right? Because if we're, if we're eating a certain way, we're not seeing weight loss, eating more is not going to help in any way. I mean, it's just, like, it's just not. But we're but we're sad and we're and it's uncomfortable. And what do we do with discomfort? We eat to feel better. So it's I mean, it really is. It, it's this is why it's learning um, skills to get through discomfort and to and to rewire the brain so that food isn't the only answer to discomfort. We have other ways of dealing with it. Yeah. Do you do you ever use tools like different diets? Like, you know, there's different methodologies some people will use where they do like carb cycling where, you know, some days are low carb days alternating with high carb days and low, to keep your metabolism yeah. guessing. Do you ever or, or do you find utility in stuff like that? I don't know. So I I, I don't. That's not um, one of the ways I do it just because I've seen success with watching what you're eating. Now, because I don't do... Um, and what I mean by that is keeping conscious of what you're eating. Well, I'm, I work with lots of different people and we try lots of different things. Like I, I definitely have had some people who gluten was an issue for. Like they literally had inflammation with gluten. Well, the interesting thing about that is that people will know. Like they know. You know, I'm not the one who's like, why don't you try no gluten? They're like, you know what? I think I don't like gluten. I'm like, okay, let's try. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then for some people, it makes a huge difference. Like I'm thinking one woman and then she she's pregnant now she's doing the summer like sometimes that's the answer but that's not I wouldn't say that's a majority of it sometimes we try no gluten and it doesn't make a difference often we'll try no gluten and the reason it makes a difference is not the gluten um but the eating fewer carbs you know and so and so then it will work and then so the but but it doesn't like if you eat a bagel at that point then you don't have distress you know what i mean so you it's not that you have to be gluten free it's just that that helped so i am open to anything that anyone wants to do i haven't met anyone who like would love to a carb cycle do you know what i'm saying like like that that would be like oh i love eating that way now maybe they and if you if one does like and, and a, a variation of that would be weekends right if they eat a certain way during the week and then they eat a different way over the weekend amazing as long as it's getting you what you want and you can do it forever amazing so i always care that you can do this forever so if you want to drop ice cream but then you were saying great I'm never having ice cream ever again the rest of my life I'm always like I don't know okay I mean if you really if there's a really good reason like you get violently ill when you have ice cream I bet you can have ice never have ice cream again but if you're just like oh I you know I, I just think it's better if I don't because then I'll lose weight but I really love ice cream then I'm gonna help you find a different way yeah 
Well, like, and I kind of want to go back on this little age thing you were talking about before. I know you said, which, whatever, some some journal, some study said that the yeah. metabolism doesn't matter. Doesn't but change. Do you, do you personally notice a difference in people who no, are, say, I think, 40 or younger? I actually think younger? it does not change. No, I think really? it does not change. Yeah. I mean, and which until like, and the study literally just came out. Like, it, I think maybe six months. Like, it's it's very recent, but mm-hmm. it did actually confirm what I see now. Our society does not say that. Right. Our society says that we do change hormones, and that's the reason. And now, one thing that does happen. I mean, this is like you're far away from this, but but yeah. with menopause, you do get you can get different deposition of the weight in your middle. Mm-hmm. like the cortisol and also because remember what I said about the muscle where mm-hmm. you you technically weigh like let's say you weighed 140 pounds you still weigh 140 pounds but now you have more fat yeah because your muscle went down yeah and you weren't doing anything about your muscle so yeah so that part I believe but I I really now I do know like I, I know that like when I was 18 mm-hmm. I could eat anything Oh, I was yeah. also swimming four hours a day. <laughs> yes. like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I yeah. was, I mean, so it, if I was swimming four hours a day, I probably could eat anything. You know what I mean? And then I also wasn't eating, I wasn't spending a lot of time eating. You know, I was eating, but I wasn't like, that wasn't my main job. You, you know what I mean? So I, I really, I really do think that it's often just the changes that we've made in our lives. Like we're, we're now in a relationship where we weren't before. We're now in a, you know, we have this job that's like, these things are more of a uh, habit changer than anything from before. So if one of the benefits is having more muscle, because more muscle, muscle is faster metabolism, right? Yeah. Then would you encourage people to start with strength training like as soon as possible and that may or may not help you with yes. transforming so, uh, your body? Yes. Um, muscle building will transform your body and help you maintain weight loss for sure. But um, it is definitely my experience that I don't like to add exercise when we're trying to change food behaviors because it's too many new things and it's like, oh, forget it. So dialing in the food stuff is so much more um, powerful than adding exercise that I tend to do that later. But I mean, just for, as a as an aside, yes, like muscle building is amazing. It's very very good for you. It protects your bones. It does keep your metabolism up. That um, having that in your week, you know, like having that as a regular thing, is so good for you. Also for um, just scheduling your time. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot there. Um, in this time, and then of course, I'm always knowing that you're going to get pregnant and have a baby. There's a lot of time yeah. juice. <laughs> I mean, there's just, yes. Like it's one of those things. So this is why I'm not like utopia, yoga, yeah. every day. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yes. OMG, like already you're, you're now it's hard and it's going to be harder. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is yay, yay. But yes. But also, oh my goodness. So so that's why I also love working with people at this time because they're going to get pregnant and have babies mm-hmm. and they will have this in place. 
mm-hmm. the knowing what you're this this I this I call it the success cycle when you're gathering um, numbers and you're following hunger and you're trying easy things you have that already ingrained in you so you know mm-hmm. you can whip that baby out you know right after you give birth and you have postpartum and all the rest of that stuff mm-hmm. you can you can do it the, mm-hmm. the whole way so when you're doing that beginning data gathering like during your cycles your stimulation yes. cycles um can you or i guess you can you can make that safe space for yourself to say i'm just collecting information no judgment if if i'm eating i don't know chili cheese fries like three times a week then i'm really eating chili cheese fries three times a week i just need to know that i'm doing it kind of thing yes exactly that's and exactly it how does that feel even when you just say that just now um i don't know <laughs> Yeah. So my well, my vice my vice is um, boba. I love 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 boba. Actually, I I do the grass jelly, but I love drinking milk tea with grass jelly in it. That is my vice. I do it like Monday through Thursday. I don't have it, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. is when I have it, and then Monday through Thursday I don't have it. But I don't know if that's contributing to you know. So that that I know when I am tracking, that's one of the things that I do, and I am a lover. of of sushi and white rice. I think it's built into my DNA that yeah. I love white rice. And so, like, I know that some of these things are my vices, but it actually has not been until more recently where I kind of just said, forget it. You know, like, you just get frustrated and you're like, ah, yeah. what does it matter anyway? So I'm just going to yes. eat whatever I want to eat. So I'm, I'm going to be that person that says that, that says, you know what? Why do I even bother trying? Yeah. <laughs> So I've been trying and, and it doesn't matter and it doesn't right and that uh, again so good to know mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like even that mm-hmm. knowing that to me I think is amazing because mm-hmm. you may be like look I'm not having it from Monday to Thursday but I love it on Friday Saturday or Sunday and I don't care I don't care that it that it makes this, this part this thing happen but then you know you're making the decision instead of being like, oh, my body's out of control and I don't know what to do about it. No, you would know what to do about it, but you just right now don't want to, which is amazing. Amazing. Like that is and there's that's no reason to beat anyone's self up about and there's but just knowing it makes so much difference. Then also, by the way, if you knew that and you knew you were doing the exact same thing all through the cycle then you know that whatever weight gain there is is water like any any more than like let, let's say if you're if you're gaining um a pound a month just with the way that you're eating now let's just say that's happening if you gained more than that you would know but probably you wouldn't you would just you know so then when you saw the scale go up four pounds you know oh gosh that's just the my, that's the hormones and that's all the fluid and that's that'll go away and there's some relief to that, you know, knowing that it'll go away. Like, oh, okay, that's I was expecting that. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We're just gonna take a quick break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now back to our episode. I can handle that. That's and if it doesn't go away, then you could, you know, you can decide to do something about it. But you'd have yeah. to give yourself a number of weeks for that. Yeah, I guess that's the hard part too—is dissecting what you have 
like on there and then deciding because the other thing is um I think part of this and we talked about this last time is like diet culture right so we think um when we're losing weight we're supposed to suffer right we can't have anything fun it all has to be painful and then that kind of plays mind games because then I'm like well I don't want to do that (laughs) like I don't right I don't I don't want to suffer like god I'm suffering enough I just want to have some joy like out of all of this like it already sucks anyway like so then I think I for me I have some resistance to that because in the past that's how I fixed it I cut out anything that brought me any joy any joy right (laughs) yes for a number of months yes yeah and I'm like this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna eat salads with chicken for the next six months and I'm going right. to hate life and I'm going to exercise. Yeah. I'm going to complain every moment of my life because yes. I hate this, <laughs> you know, right. but it, it'll work and I know it'll right. work and it'll come off. And then after that, I'll kind of slowly reintroduce, you know, whatever stuff. And then, you know, maybe my joy will come back. Right. But when you've, when you've done that enough times that, and uh, that experience kind of comes back and you're like, Oh, and you dread it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And then you're just like, do I really want to do this? And so if there are maybe strategies or things that we can remind ourselves that like, okay, so then if you at least see once a month, then, or sorry, once one pound a week or something like that, half pound a week, whatever the number is, if we see that and then maybe we're like, okay, that's all I need to get to, then like maybe that we give ourselves permission um, yes. to be like, okay, I'm making progress. It's not, you know, I'm not dropping 20 pounds in, you know, four weeks, but it's at least it's the scales headed in the right direction or whatever our clothes or whatever. Cause what I'm trying to use is clothing because yeah, I the love scale that. just messes with my brain sometimes, but I, I have right. to use something like some type of metric. So like, correct. Right now, I'm trying to use my clothes because my clothes every day at work, I'm like teetering on needing to buy new clothes and I really don't want to. I'm like, that is that is my limit. I will not buy new clothes for work. Like I will not. I bought new underwear, but I will not buy new clothes like it is not happening. Yeah. And so uh, trying to figure out how like that level of comfort with saying like, okay, like this is, I'm, I need to just start somewhere and maybe I just collect information for two, me- two weeks without filtering, without judgment. Um, then that maybe I can start going through each of these. And I don't know, but then, you know, some people may be able to do that without struggle and some people might, and right. that's okay too. Yes, so, right. Yeah, so if those three ways of dealing with it, you either gain and decide to lose later, you stay the same or you continue to lose. Absolutely. And you can decide that you could be like, look, okay, I I have gotten this down to where everything is perfect. And I have the three bobas. You know what I mean? Yes. I am unwilling (laughs) to change those. Yes. Like given everything that I'm going through, I'm I want those. So so that's where I am. And now that you know that, oh, my God. Amen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. So, because this is going to come to an end, like this, or I'm going to be pregnant and and have babies and, you know what I mean? I'm going to have my family. So you'll deal with it at a different time. But you've Mm -hmm. gotten it to the point where you're like, okay, this is, this is what I'm willing to do. Now, Mm -hmm. it made me remember this idea. We cannot just take joy out of our lives and sit there. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have other joys. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you can we can't just be like oh that was your joy now you don't mm-hmm. have it anymore just mm-hmm. sit and be mm-hmm. grateful <laughs> you know what I mean yeah 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 so there has to be other ways that goes back to that comfort list of like well did I used to love you know dancing and you know pandemic really put a, a crinkle in that right and yes. we couldn't go anywhere like you couldn't go to a concert and you couldn't go to the movies and you couldn't you know what I mean there's like tons of things so now it's a little bit you know potentially a little more so you can expand out a little bit but what putting some joy in your life that's non-food is very important it Mm -hmm. feels like it's outside of this journey it's not it's a Mm -hmm. very important part because if you have joy then you won't seek it in food as much Mm -hmm. so so let's say we got through the retrieval part and then we're going into a transfer so if we carry that weight, let's say we're not able to lose that weight between retrieval and transfer, right? We're still yeah. plugging along because, you know, for most people, this journey is not going to be easy. You're going to be doing, you know, things that will affect you and you might just keep going or you might have more testing or you might just move right into a transfer because you don't have time or whatever. Yeah. Is there an amount of weight that you gain that is, I don't want to say detrimental or harmful, but... Um, leads to lower success so is there like where you would say pause let's not transfer yet let's see if you can get your weight down to make it a more optimal level for carrying a pregnancy that's a that's a really good question my so i had a million answers that went through my brain okay so (laughs) let's hear them all (laughs) yeah let's i was gonna say so one of them has to do with the clinic so Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a bmi at which they will not do a transfer and mm-hmm. so there's a number there, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that can be dealt with in a short amount of time, and sometimes that's a longer amount of time. So that's mm-hmm. that's one. Now, that's really arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they just picked a number, and then you're either at the number or you're not. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. There are statistics and BMI issues with carrying a pregnancy at a certain weight, but mm-hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of women do it every day, right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know for you for this one person over here does it matter and then for this one person over here does it matter who knows so so the real answer to me is what works so if you got good eggs you know so if you're if you're at a certain bmi that would say that it would be more challenging but you got what you wanted okay that seems like your body functions that you know that 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 mm-hmm. works five that five percent which we had talked about uh, like last yeah. time five percent mm-hmm. weight loss um from wherever you are changes your physiology so i still always go there but i wouldn't do five percent between a retrieval and a transfer you know what i mean like but also so so we'd want to get you there before the 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 cycle mm-hmm or at least on your way mm-hmm. and then you know so then the time between because uh, and you're talking about obviously not fresh, right? You're right. Talking about frozen, frozen, and so yeah. you have some time, right? Um, and so, so that would, to me, that would still be the up to you kind of piece. Mm. If you've already done the retrieval, then the, you know, uh, the amount of weight that happens in the fi- in the five weeks, you know, I mean, even if you went nuts and had McDonald's every meal for you know six weeks. Yeah. Um, that actually might be a problem yeah. <laughs> anything short of that it's like you know is is not it, because in my experience we're talking about three or four pounds mm-hmm. if we're just talking about the difference between a, 
a retrieval and a transfer if we're talking about six weeks, whatever. And if you're if you're following with your data and you're paying attention, it's it, it's not usually in the six weeks, 10, 20 pounds, which would then undo the five percent. You see what I mean? Um, it's if if we're talking about it, it's three or four pounds. And like I said, if you're working with me, that usually comes off. Like we're we're on it, you know. Um, so so it's just I'm not particularly worried about that time. I still would always love planning. Yeah, you know, like if we were plan how we plan to do it. A planning is always the best, right? Prevention is a billion times better than treatment for every single health issue. But um, but treatment works really well too. So losing weight whenever. So then, so what would you do? So would you say, whoever you're working with, you would say, okay, so we just finished retrieval. What's the plan? If they said, we're considering, let's just make something up. Let's say they just finished retrieval. They got however many embryos. It's a really great thing. And then now they're looking forward at transfer. We're probably going to do some testing and then maybe transfer by, I don't know, end of summer, beginning of fall. Then do you say, okay, this this is where we are now. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do until transfer and then. 100%. And ideally, I work. I like working with people through the first trimester. Mm-hmm. Because often, um, if and typically I'm working with people whose BMI is over 30. Mm-hmm. And so the 30 is sort of a magic number in terms of um, pregnancy outcomes and all that sort of stuff. So we, we're a go. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we are going. Even as I say that, and I have been doing this for decades, even as I say that, I can feel that diet mentality coming in yeah. like okay we got three months but that's not what it's like mm-hmm. it, it's just not like that it's just like living your life deliberately maybe like okay now uh, because I'm we're working together I go shopping I make sure to go grocery shopping once a week I find it in my t- you know whereas before I was just ordering in and whatever so now it's just like these small tweaks that help you lose that pound a week or more or less you know what I mean but you're but you're consistently doing that so like over 12 weeks you're down another 12 pounds it makes a huge difference where people weren't losing you know like in three months they'd lose 10 and then gain eight back right so the the net would be two pounds but this way it's 12 and it's and it's not coming back on because you you've created a life that supports this, including whatever you enjoy the most, you go out to dinner, do you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. We can't have you sit, sitting in your room in the corner by yourself with a chicken breast. Yeah. Like it just, it's not going to, and broccoli. It's not going to work. <laughs> right. And broccoli. Always the broccoli. Yes. I did yeah. that for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. It was, and there's nothing wrong with chicken and broccoli. Yeah. Like I love me some chicken and broccoli. Yeah. But not if I, if I think of it as punishing. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So do you, so I guess your philosophy is, thankfully, but it sounds like your philosophy is there's nothing that you would consider off limits. Correct. So that you can maintain that sense of joy and control maybe, or not so that you don't feel like, ugh, this is the worst thing ever. I hate this. Yeah, because you need to do it forever. Mm -hmm. This has to be forever. It has to be a plan that works forever, period, and sentence. Mm -hmm. If you, now... Here's the thing. Let's say, and this uh, this woman that I know, she lost 100 pounds, and she um, talks about this story. And it's such a good story. Mm-hmm. Corinne Crabtree is her name. And she was 100 pounds overweight, and she would have a gallon of ice cream each night. So not the pint, mm-hmm. but literally she would have a gallon. 
And she's like, but I love my ice cream. So I'm going to, you know, so she could have said, and she had tried a million times before, like no ice cream. You know, so you go from having a gallon a night to no ice cream. You're, of course, that's torture. I mean, it's just so difficult. So instead, what she did was she took it out of the carton because she would just eat it out of the carton. She took it out of the carton, put it in literally a salad bowl, like a huge bowl that took the whole gallon. Do you know what I mean? And then she would eat it in the bowl. And then she started thinking, well, I'm eating it in the bowl. If I put a little in the, kept a little in the carton, I'm probably not going to notice a difference. And she didn't. And then she slowly, over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, went down to having one cup of ice cream. If you had made her go from a gallon to a cup, that would have backfired. But now she made the decision on her own the entire way down. That's exactly how we do it. So that you may be like, I'm not giving up boba no matter what. And then by the time you're 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 watching your weight go down and you're feeling good and you're and you and you've isolated that that's the issue. I don't even know. I'm just making this up. But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then you're like, oh, I can easily have one Saturday. That's my favorite one, anyway. It's like in the, right after I exercise. I love getting at this particular place. It's my favorite one. And then you end up with one where I didn't tell you you can only have one. You're just like, oh, I have an idea. And then you can do that for the rest of your life. I, I mean, you decide that. I don't. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, a Saturday Boba is my favorite. That's the one I <laughs> love. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with it. And yeah. I get to fit in my clothes and I feel better. And, and, and. Yeah, because I'm I, I think the hardest thing, obviously, in all of this is the patience around Yes. Waiting because it didn't yes. feel like it came on over time. It felt like it came on overnight, yes, and right. I would like it off uh, overnight. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, hundred percent, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So I feel like it's so hard for me to be like, Ugh, so I have to wait. <laughs> yes. Well, part of it is that we, and this is as a fertility, being involved in fertility, you will understand. Part of it is we're blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're we're, we're we're, we're saying there's something wrong with us. We shouldn't have to do this. Yes. And and when you're saying that about food, it just feels really hard when we think those things. That's where I go back to data. Yeah. It's just data. It wasn't personal. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like this. And you may not have even been aware. And mostly people aren't. I mean, that's actually truly what happens. Like, you don't even realize what's happening. And then you do. And then you're like, OK, got it. And then you get to make conscious decisions around it. Do you have like a favorite app that you tell your clients to use? Yeah. I like my fitness pal because mm-hmm. it's free and it's been around a million years and it's crowdsourced information. Um, and it's also like if you do have similar meals, you can just swipe them out. So I really I, I do like that one. One thing that they do, which I find really interesting, is there is a paid version, which you don't no one needs it. But um in the free version, they if your phone like is attached to the app, it will add in your exercise. So like let's say you've walked around a lot, it will add more calories to your day. And I say, but if you get the paid version, it does not do that. Oh, that's weird. It makes I know. Isn't that interesting? So it they it makes you think there's more calories for you to have than than really makes sense for your weight loss. So it, you're key, it's the two number. The data that we're gathering are the basically the number of calories, but not as a mean thing, just because it's a number that's very useful. And then the scale number. And what we ideally want to see is what, how many numbers. I'm holding up hands. No, none of you can see that. How many <laughs> numbers um, are uh, equal 
the number on the scale. And is the number on the scale going down? Great. Then that number is perfect. If it's mm-hmm. if it goes up, then oh, I need to adjust it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You- now the part we haven't talked about is hunger. Okay. And that's the piece that ends up being really important. I I definitely want you never to be hungry. You have to be able to feed yourself. And that's why this works through pregnancy, because I need you to be uh, uh, listening to your body. But we eat when we're hungry and we stop when we're satisfied, not full. And that's the that's often what is tricky to learn how to do. So, yeah. So can we talk about that really quick? So I. Yeah. Um, this is going to seem like a totally silly question, but I'm going to put it out there because yeah. I know I can't be the only one thinking it. Um, is, is hunger real sometimes, though? Do you know what I mean? So yes. we need to find that out. So like, how do you yeah. figure out whether you're truly hungry or if it's like a habit thing? Because sometimes yes. I'm like, oh, I feel hungry. Like I feel like I want to eat something. My tummy is grumbling. And then yes. sometimes I'm like, I still feel really hungry, but I don't know if I really yes. am hung- like, so like, so good. So you, you have to find that out. It's brilliant. So one of the things to do is to notice what your sim- symptoms are for hunger. Sometimes it is a growly belly. Sometimes people like I, I was just talking with someone. It's never a growling belly. It's she gets tired. Hmm. That's that's her sense. Like she could go forever, but she's noticing, oh, I'm tired. And that's so she knows she's hungry. Um, I do say to go back to chicken and broccoli, if if you're truly hungry, then someone walking by with some chicken and broccoli, you would be thankful for. It. You'd be like, oh, good. Thank you. I'm so hungry. Mm. But if you're if you're thinking you're hungry and someone says, oh, do you want chicken and broccoli? You're like, no, I only want Oreos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Then that <laughs> that's not real hunger. <laughs> that If only Oreos <laughs> will solve the problem. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I know you don't necessarily advocate for breakfast. Like, you don't think everyone needs to have breakfast or anything like that. Only if you're hungry. Right. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes in the morning, it's like, you know, your tummy is grumbly. So it's like, do you, mm-hmm. are you really hungry? Or are you not? And then, like, lunchtime rolls around. And, you know, it's like, if you skipped breakfast, you feel like, like, is that truly hunger or not like so I it's sometimes it's hard for me to figure out whether or not I'm hungry and I've actually I've been trying to drink a lot more water uh but then it's like brilliant then do you find that this if you're drinking more water are you just filling your belly with water so that you're not hungry anymore like does that change your hunger yes it it, yes it does but very temporarily Mm -hmm. so if you were hungry and you drank water um, and then you didn't feel hungry for a little while, that would be one thing. If, however, you felt hungry, you drank water and it went away completely, that was thirst. Okay. But if you drink water and then you're hungry, like 20 minutes later, you were hungry and you will, now you're hungry again and now you'll eat. Like, you, you, I mean, in my world, you need to eat at that point. Now, the thing about skipping and, and, Here's the real answer, and this is part of the, the success cycle. So the success, success cycle is gather data, follow hunger, and the last one is try easy things. So this would be in the try easy things category. When I, If I'm not sure if I'm hungry in the morning and I don't have breakfast and then I have a lunch, am I over hungry for lunch? 
did I get too hungry for lunch and then eat a big lunch? Then you're, that's more, that's more data for, oh, I guess I really was hungry in the morning. Like, oh, I think maybe a breakfast will be helpful. So then I try a breakfast and then I notice that I'm, I'm normal hungry for lunch. I have a normal, a small, you know, a regular size lunch and I'm fine. But sometimes we won't know this until after we're like, oh my God, I just ate, you know, 12 thousand things for lunch that was crazy I was really hungry I just I needed more and more and more and more that's over hungry and we can prevent that by having breakfast or a mid-morning snack or you know something like that so that's a beautiful example of trying and your body won't be the same every day but it won't be vastly different and so you can try so how does that work because I know last time we talked a little bit about fasting too so like if you do Mm -hmm. like a fasting cycle for some I think you were talking about insulin resistance was it insulin resistance yes insulin resistance where fasting yeah might be helpful so how does that fit into that idea of hunger that I only like people to do fasting if it's natural and easy. If they're hungry, then they have to eat. Okay. So then you're not doing fasting. I, I like I don't think and particularly with here in this in this space because I'm prepping you for pregnancy, mm-hmm. I, I don't want you skipping anything. That is so so get learning about your hunger signals is like a phenomenal skill to have all during pregnancy and, a- and after, mm-hmm. frankly, after is really, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, it's all practice. It's literally all practice for pregnancy and afterwards. Mm-hmm. This is that. And you, and you play with it because knowing, having the skill of knowing your hunger is gold. Mm-hmm. Because then you can you anything can happen. You can work at night and not in the day because mm-hmm. you you know that you'll ha- you'll know what your hunger says. You can like go you know go travel. You can you know you could do anything because you know what your hunger signals are and you know what to do to satisfy it. It's a really good skill to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let me see. We have some questions. Is it worth postponing transfer to achieve a certain BMI, hoping for a healthy pregnancy? Oh, yeah. That's it. So we addressed a little bit of that. Yeah. And it does depend on the BMI number. And it depends on the, like you said, when the when the transfer could be. Uh, and, and because we're just looking, you'd need to know the data of how much weight you lose in a month. Mm-hmm. Right. So your body, not how much one can lose in a month, but how much your body loses in a month. And then you just do math like two months I could lose you know eight pounds does that make is that going to make a difference for me now the place that I would say that it would make a difference is this 40 number so often for um, clinics 40 is the number that they they won't do a transfer if you're above 40 some clinics don't have a problem at all but some the 40 number and some have a different number so if that's the case then yes that's going to be worth it Mm -hmm. like whether you can have the transfer or not Mm -hmm. but it but in terms of like if you're around 30 29 whatever in there uh, I don't know but remember you can be losing weight during your first trimester also Mm -hmm. because we're not doing anything mean and terrible Mm -hmm. if we were doing something mean and terrible we'd be like oh you cannot diet during pregnancy but we're not doing that Mm -hmm. so this is just fat loss so it almost you know what I mean? Like, so if you're continuing, then you can just do it through. So you don't have to postpone transfer only unless you had this clinic issue mm-hmm. um, that that would be 
what's going on. You can continue to lose weight after the transfer. Mm -hmm. But I think before you said under 25 isn't great either, right? Under BMI of 25 isn't great either. Great point. Right. No. So 25 is normal. The the place where we start to get um, that starts to feel frightening the other way is 19. Mm. So anything below 19, you definitely don't want to be dieting or losing weight or anything like that. Now, once you get pregnant and you're nauseous, you know, if someone gets nauseous all the time, you know, obviously that's a completely different thing. Yeah. But the the place where you where is I, ideal um, and I put that in air quotes, everybody, is <laughs> 20 to 25. Like anywhere uh, in there is is sort of an ideal body weight. Oh, OK. Um, which, I, you know, I even hesitate to say that because I don't think that that's even true. If you are someone who hovers like around 35 or something and you get to 29, you are a rock star and your body absolutely is behaving differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't need to get to get people to 25 necessarily. Okay. But if you're cl- if you're 27 and we go to 25, great. Yeah. Like that would work. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And again, I use BMI only because it's a it's a number that's out there and it's a, a data point. Mm-hmm. It's it is and this is what I mean about 35 and thir- 29 like any change is amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, like the the actual number in and of itself, you know, it's relative is what I mean to say. So below 20, not optimal is what we're Correct. saying. Below 20, right. Make sure you're, I would go with a dietitian and making sure you're getting what you need and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see here. Is it possible to do IVF and not gain weight? Can you do IVF and lose weight at the same time? Yes. Yeah. You absolutely can. In fact, I do that all day long. Yeah. And safely. Do you have clients that don't gain any weight during their cycle? So what the, I, I would say not usually, no, but it's like a pound, like most of my people, it's like a pound or two. Oh, okay. And then that's not real. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not like, so all we do is wait the two weeks and they're back down to where they were before. So, yes. So technically, yeah. Like, I mean, if you're talking about the number on the scale, the number on the scale usually does go up. But 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 one or like two to three pounds, like one to three pounds and then comes down because we're, we're gathering the data and watching what's going on and making conscious decisions. Um, but so, yes, they do. And they continue to lose. So we're, we are losing like in the two week weight we're losing. And, the you know, what I mean, like the whole thing We're yes, there's weight loss. But see, that's it's so interesting. We're not losing five pounds a week. Right, right, right. We're not doing something insane. Right. We're not like, don't eat. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, th- this is like normal eating. You're, you know, having dinner with your husband, you know, you're like you're with your partner. You're like having fun with friends. Like this is all like normal life and eating and losing weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the other because it cancels out for your clients because you're just like really I, I don't want to say you're like heavily monitoring them but to some degree you are you guys are just being really mindful of what's going on so that if you're noticing that like oh I don't know like this cycle I'm having way more Oreos because it's just a really rough cycle or whatever then you kind yeah. of are anticipating a potential change if it's you know I don't know a pack of Oreos like so because 100 percent the marker is 3500 calories equals a pound right so that's exactly right. So if you're 
if you're trying to track that and you notice an increase in 3,500 calories, not including any water weight or anything like that, and you see an increase in the weight gain, then you're like, oh, it's... That's what it is. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly it. Which, again, and you said that so well, doesn't mean we're like, oh, you should never have Oreos. It just means we're managing expectations. We're like, oh, I see what happened here. Okay. So, and then we just deal with it afterwards, you know, or when or whatever, or like, or a question like, oh, do, is there something else we can pick besides Oreos? The answer could be yes. The answer could be no. And then we're like, okay, get the Oreos yeah. ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's fine. And then, and then we just deal with it afterwards. But often what will happen is there'll be like an Oreo event, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and then because, because we're being conscious of it, it's like, oh, you know what? That didn't actually help. Like the first three helped, mm-hmm. uh, but then afterwards they didn't. And so, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to either have only three or I'm going to, you know, ask for a hug or I'm going to whatever your list mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It really it, it you're right. Being conscious is is just the answer. Like any thing that we see, we can handle mm-hmm. when we're paying attention. OK, one more question. I think you've already answered this, but um, we'll kind of go over it again. Do you need to have. Um, more BMI, I guess a higher BMI, um, not too skinny to carry uh, a baby. So I think you said optimally over or 20 to 40-ish? 25. Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah, so no, so, well, 20 to 25 is the, is considered the normal BMI range. So that's, I mean, it, so depending where you are. So I definitely work with people who have BMIs that are higher. I mean, not exclusively, but that's a lot of times I work with. And they know from like their high school and and like other like weights that they're really happy at X weight. And that happens to be a BMI of 27, 28, whatever. So that that does not, I'm not like, oh, you must get down to 25. Like that, no. Like, so we're, we're headed that direction. So the, but in terms of, of, of the other way, you know, the, the two, thi- like, what, again, these are all these words, but I mean, but the part that the studies would show that anything below 19, like, so 19, 18, that is there's higher risk. So you'd want to be at 20 to 25 if you were, if you were going from that direction. Same from the um, higher numbers, but also, but everything's relative. So just lower would, would work. And, and, with the with the 19 or 18 or that sort of thing usually it's exercise often it will be exercise that people are doing a lot of exercise and and that's what they've they've uh, done studies to show about that piece that it's like um and then you sometimes don't get your period when you're working out that much and so there's there's that sort of thing going on there but if you're eating well you know like getting proteins and getting lots of uh colorful vegetables and fruits you know what i mean then then you could work with someone to make sure that you're in the 20 to 25. You know, it's like, in theory, <laughs> when we talk about this, it seems easy. You're like, oh, I totally can do it. What's the big deal? Like, I've got this, right? <laughs> but in practice? Yes. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and that's, do you know why? It's because our brains beat us up. Yeah. If it was really just data, which I try really hard to make it just be data. Yeah. But, but like, and you even said it because it's 100% true. When you hop on that scale... It, it's like the number reaches up and slaps you across the face. Yes. It, it doesn't, but it feels like that. It's literally just th- numbers. 
Mm -hmm. And the numbers don't mean anything until we start thinking things about ourselves. If Mm -hmm. we were just like, oh, that's the number today. I often think about um, like weather, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're like, oh, I'm going out. Do I need a jacket? And you check the weather and it says 65. I mean, I'm in Los Angeles, so that's cold to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. so People in Michigan are like, oh, my gosh, you guys. Because <laughs> I'm like, 65, I need a jacket. Like, but I don't make it mean like I'm terrible that I need a jacket or why me that I need a jacket. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like 65, that is information for me. Mm-hmm. I have, okay, 65 means I want a jacket. Mm-hmm. If it was 80, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make sure I have short sleeves on. Mm-hmm. Again, don't make it mean anything about me. But if I see 205, I'm like crying on the on the ground mm-hmm. when really uh, it, you were 206 yesterday. So actually, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or it's or you it was 195, but you've been through a lot. And 205 is actually great. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, so so it's we, we have to use the that's why gathering data. We're just using the information so we know which way we want to go. Mm-hmm. But. It is not natural for our brains to do that. And that's what you're saying. You're like, I have a logical brain. What she's saying makes sense. (laughs) It's just that it's just that when you're actually doing it, you don't have a logical brain. Mm -hmm. And and that's because of our society and and what we've done. I mean, that, you you know, that every like that you should be able to lose a billion pounds in one second. You Mm -hmm. just deprived yourself completely. I mean, like all that. It it just Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. So if we were just really um um, neutral about numbers and just use them as information, it really makes a difference. But that it's not easy to do mm-hmm. because we have to tra- retrain. We have to retrain the brain. Yeah. So um, what happens if we need you to rescue us? <laughs> what happens <laughs> if we're like, all, okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, you go to stephaniefinemd.com and you click lose weight with me. And then and then we magically get to talk to each other and um, (laughs) and decide if we want to work together. But it's and it's a week. It is a weekly thing. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing I tell people is that it sometimes people think, oh, I'm thinking about food so much more than I want to be. Yes. But but you I know. But you are anyways. We're just thinking about it in the mean way. Like, why do I weigh this? Why can't I do this? Why doesn't this fit? Why doesn't Mm -hmm. we're going to take all that? And turn it into, oh, what do I want to eat today? Mm-hmm. Boba. So you are thinking about, right. So, but, and you write that down. You're like, and that Boba means, always, yippee. Boba. You're like, yippee, it's Boba Day. Yippee, I get to go to my Yes. So, and that way we're just thinking about it ahead of time instead of after the fact. It's just mm-hmm. shifting when we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think about food all the time. Yeah, and it's just, because, like, every time I talk to you, I'm like, you know what? This sounds very, like... In theory, like I said, it's simple. And then I go yeah. to like do it right, and then I'm like, "Uh, meal prep takes forever." Right. <laughs> I'm like, but "Okay, but uh, I don't feel that. like it." Mm-hmm. Right? Is that then? Don't meal prep. Mm-hmm. Like on like when when there is a major resistance to the point of it's going to derail what you're doing, mm-hmm. then that's not yet an easy thing. Remember, I said try easy things. Yeah. If it's not easy, then that's not then. Oh well. Okay. Oh, we're not ready for prepping. Mm-hmm. We're not ready for prepping. What we might be ready to do is to go to the market and get those prepackaged things. And that mm-hmm. thing is a little better than when I order out from whatever. So I'm going to do that instead. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the carrots that are cut up. And you don't have to eat cut up carrots. Yeah. But I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, I'm going to get the thing. You know what I mean? That may be the next step. Not prepping. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So it's so funny. Our brains do that. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Right. Yeah, I have to prep. I have to be knee deep in farmer's market vegetables <laughs> yeah. that are seasonal and organic. Leafy. And, right. Yeah. And, right. And I have to prepare them all. Right. You don't. I mean, now some people love that. And God yeah. bless them because that's awesome. Yes. But if you don't, don't start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So helpful. Stephanie, I don't know what I would do without you. Like, honestly, <laughs> like you're in, every time you come on here, which is twice now, but every time I talk to you, <laughs> let's do that. Every time I yeah. talk to you, I feel like you have so much good information. And I know it sounds like, I feel like, I mean, the majority of, of us probably like lis- listen to this and we're like, duh. Like most yeah. of us, oh, I right. think, no, but for some yeah. reason we just can't, it's like you said, it's that brain mouth it's gut retraining their brain it really, <laughs> connection it, it really 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 is yes and that and that is that's what i help people with right because if we don't have that you do you know everything to do all of us who have grown up in the diet we know what actually needs to happen but the making it happen the two, couple things that i really feel passionate about i know everyone can do what they want to do yeah i also know everyone could be a mom yeah. So I, Dr. Amy actually is amazing with that. Yes. Too. Yes. She's just like, and, and so I, I can hold that space for people because I know anyone can lose weight. Mm-hmm. And that part, often we don't have that. So me, right. so me having it for you is at least helpful there, right? Yes. Because you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, I am. Yes. I 100% know that you can. Yeah. And so that alone is helpful. But then it's helping you with the patients as our brain is like, blah, 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 yeah. like all over the place, you know, thinking, uh, I can't do this. It's not fast enough. I don't want to. Da, 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 and yeah. we're just retraining. So you're right. Yeah. It's nothing earth shattering except uh-huh. the brain training. That part is. Which is like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like... It is the whole thing. <laughs> you're right. And it's like. You have appropriately assessed the situation. Because <laughs> like, it's like, it feels impossible sometimes. And having someone in your corner, like you, you know, coaching you through the whole thing. I mean, literally, that's what you are, is you're just coaching us through. And it's like, yes, stay the course. Yes, what you're saying is helpful yes what you're doing you know because we sit here and him and ha and we talk ourselves out of things like i said i've done that where i'm like ah screw it i'm like it's my diet's trashed and i'm just forget it who cares i don't care anymore i'm just gonna eat whatever i want you know (laughs) right totally and you know what and and even your weight loss can withstand that Mm -hmm. if if you if you have a mechanism to get back on yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah 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 so it's not that you have to be perfect yeah oh my gosh thank god yeah no no one has to be perfect yeah we just have to keep going yeah i'm like i've like jumped off the boat and i'm swinging back to shore i'm like forget it (laughs) (laughs) bye you know which is like but if you have someone in your corner like no 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 no. here's a life vest come back come back let's talk about this it's That's not exactly. that bad. It's like, okay, yeah. let's just like reconvene and yeah. let's like just, Ab- yeah. So, and then it's practicing speaking nicely to yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's like the other, oh my gosh. Like that's a whole other thing yeah. for us too, yeah. is speaking kindly to ourselves. I think in general, like I think just out, even outside of fertility, I don't think we're very kind to ourselves. And yeah, about work, about productivity, about our sleep, everything. About our daddy, right? Yeah. Yes. And so I think that's totally. so important. So <laughs> yeah. not only are you a physician, ah. you're a coach, you're like a therapist, you're like <laughs> like social worker, <laughs> you're like dietitian, you're like put all the hats on you because you're basically like 
well, juggle all of them. I, yes, I love it. And I love your podcast. I am so Aww. excited that you do this. I am thrilled for everyone You're out there that so you... sweet. You, I think you ask great questions. I just think it's so comforting all that you do. So I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled to be to know you and I'm thrilled to be oh on here. And I'm thrilled that you keep doing this because you are a treasure. Well, oh, stop. You're just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I just you're like one of the first people I talk to. And you're just so kind to just even just be like, yeah, without question. You're like, yeah, sure. I'll come on. No problem. I'm like, well, do you want to like know more about it? You're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> And it has oh, been very good well, at that. <laughs> well, and you've been like cheering me on the whole time too, which is so like wonderful. I get these lovely messages from you where you're just like, "Hey, you're doing great." I'm like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> like, and I'm like, it's not like you know, I was a client of yours forever or anything like that. I'm just like some random person on the internet, and you're like, "Hey, by the way, you're doing great." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you're the best person ever." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh," I'm like, so it really is so wonderful having you um, in my corner and I can only imagine how wonderful your clients are doing because of you so thank you for the work you do and thank you for helping us try and make babies absolute pleasure yeah. yeah. I, um, I yes. I have I have three summer babies coming. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We yeah. talked about this. The the happy auntie dance is what you'll yes, be doing. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh my gosh. I oh hope you'll come back again in the future. Anytime you want me. Yep. Yes, and we could talk more. I'm sure there's more we can discuss about all of this and how it relates to fertility. There's so many other topics, PCOS that we could probably talk about yep. and that sort of thing, insulin resistance yep. in general, gestational diabetes things like that so like if you're open to it i'm open to it (laughs) i'm open so good to talk to you today yes you too and i will catch you next time i want to thank you for tuning in today i hope you found today's episode helpful if you want a question or topic covered in future episodes please feel free to reach out to me on instagram at 40 and infertile Make sure you hit the subscribe button for alerts and new episodes, and I hope to see you back again soon. Bye.